Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Hope Girl. My name is Brittany Cooley. I am the author of Strength Personified, a personal story of a tragedy to triumph. This is my personal story, and I have chosen to read it over audio for anyone who wanted the audio recording. Maybe you aren't a book reader, but you would like to listen to it. So I've decided to record it chapter by chapter. If you missed the last episode, make sure you go back. Episode one is chapter one, and this is chapter two. Uh, I have to make a disclaimer or an advisory, I I guess. Um, if this is heavy content, the content is I, I, heavy, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Um, it's my real raw story from childhood to just a few years ago. Um, just to give you a little background, if you don't know who I am, um, I have shared my story on social media since 2014, but in recent times, and just about a month and a half ago, I published my book on Amazon and um, shared more with the world than I ever had intended to. Um, but I share because I want to inspire people to take their life for what it is and create it of what they want it to be and simply go from just surviving and getting through every day to thriving and creating a beautiful life that you love to live. So this is chapter two of my book, Strength Personified. I thank you so much for giving me your time and listening uh, to my story. And again, it's heavy. I guess parental advisory is is needed. I cuss a lot, um, but a lot of this content is very graphic. It's very real. So if you have little ears and you have this on background, maybe you wanted you want to take it to your headphones or listen to it privately um, because it's it's very authentic. It's very real and I, heavy. I just keep saying heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> so um, without further ado, this is chapter two of my book, Strength Personified. My mother had been on antidepressants after her breakdown. My grandparents were careful to keep them locked in the safe. Due to my mother's instability, they made the decision to monitor and administer her medications. Shortly after I had gone upstairs to my room before my aunt retrieved me, my grandmother went to the safe and noticed that it was open and the medications were gone. Panic set in. She immediately told my grandfather and called her brother for help. The EMTs were searching for hours all over the county. Finally, they found my grandmother's car, the car that my mother said she'd borrowed to pick me up from school, pulled over on the side of a dirt road near the house. It was abandoned. The medics searched the woods and found my mother's lifeless body laying face down in the snow. Despite her wearing her favorite hunter hunter green wool coat, she was severely frostbitten and perceived as dead. She was rushed to the hospital where her clothes were cut off of her. Her stomach was pumped full of charcoal to rid her system of drugs, but she was deemed a lost cause. She had consumed both of her prescriptions, anatriptyline and Prozac, in their entirety. Together, these medications are lethal in small doses and should have never been prescribed together in the first place. In uh, parentheses, I had written that this fact is an entire story of its own, but for the sake of forgiveness and acceptance of the past, I will leave that thought right here. Despite the odds, my mother survived. She was truly a miracle. She not only lived through the ordeal, but she kept all of her fingers and toes as well. The doctors told my grandmother that her daughter would likely lose a hand or a foot, but she never did. Instead, she was sent away to a rehabilitation facility after she physically recovered to work on her mental state after her attempted suicide. When my mom finally came home, I remember her sleeping a lot. She had a lot of physical ailments and complicated 
and complained of frequent migraines and body aches. We moved back in with my father in an attempt to salvage our family and help her recover. She wasn't super mom anymore. She was sickly, weak, and dependent for the first time that I had ever seen. I had a hard time adjusting to this change, and I felt a sense of responsibility for her moving forward. I was afraid to leave her alone because I didn't want her to die. In hindsight, I recognized how sad this was. I was only seven. I remember my dad packing up the back of his truck to take me camping for a weekend in the woods. I refused to go when it was time because I was afraid to leave her. I knew that broke my poor dad's heart, but I couldn't leave my ailing, fragile mama bird. Eventually, she began to act human again. She wasn't quite back to the way I remembered her, confident and unstoppable, but she was better. I had hope and I had hope and light of Supermom making a comeback. On my last day of third grade in June 1998, my mom picked me up from school. I was excited because we were going to the beach for the first for the weekend, just the two of us. It had been years since we had been on a vacation, and the beach was our favorite place in the entire world. My grandparents and father felt that it would be good for both of us to go away together. They had been monitoring her progress mentally and physically and collectively decided that it would be okay for us to take the trip. I didn't know when she picked me up that day from school that it would be my last day of school for five years. Upon hitting the road in my mom's prized possession, her Hunter Green 1994 Pontiac Bonneville, she revealed to me a few minor changes to our travel plans. By minor, I mean pretty major, nearly a 1,200-mile difference. Instead of New Jersey, we were changing our destination to Pensacola, Florida. For the first time, at, at first I panicked. I cried all the way to the Pennsylvania Turnpike, but I calmed down and realized that it just might be fun. I hadn't been to Florida since we took our trip to Disney World a few years ago. So I happily rode along in the car with her singing away. When we arrived in South Carolina, we stopped for the night in a motel. It had been a long day of driving, and we had another long day of driving ahead of us. I demanded that we get a suite because I wanted a king bed to sleep in. Of course, my mother agreed because she was willing to give me anything to stay calm. It was then and there that I realized how to manipulate her and that I actually had a say in major decisions. We checked into the room. I ate a snack and got settled. I remember the stone-faced look that she had gave that she gave me like it were yesterday. She grew quiet and said that she had to call grandma and let her know that we had arrived. She told me not to say anything about where we were and instead just tell her that I was okay and that I loved her. Mom got on the phone and dialed grandma. She lightly told her that we had arrived in New Jersey safely and we were at her friend Claire's. This is where I originally was supposed to end up. I hated that mom was lying. I couldn't help but wonder why. Why was it okay to lie to grandma? Why was it okay to lie ever? I always got in trouble when I lied. Most importantly, why couldn't we tell grandma we were going to Florida? What was the big deal? So many thoughts swirled in my head. I felt like I was going to be sick. I knew that from experience that stability in my life had been depleted and I was about to embark on a journey that was like no other. The cold look of pure deception on my mother's face frightened me. It was as if my mom was no longer there. She handed me the phone and placed one finger over her mouth to silence me as I said hello and goodnight to my dear grandmother. She looked like my mom. She sounded like my mom and for the most part she was acting like my mom. But something was very wrong with her. Something was off. Something was different. As I hung up the phone with my grandma, I realized that mom wasn't mom anymore. 
A nasty monster was brewing in her mind. Her mental illness was far from treated, and it was just the beginning. She was slowly turning into a monster. Sadly, no one ever knew. I finished my snacks and said goodnight. I snuggled up in my huge king-size bed and prayed that she knew what the fuck she was doing. That is the end of chapter two. Make sure that you tune into the next episode for chapter three. Thank you so much for coming in and listening to my story. And I hope that this inspires you to go from just surviving your life to thriving. Because if I can, so can you.